welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And this is Life Pairings. Because life is hard. So pair with alcohol. Get your wine glass ready. Stick your nose in that banquet. And do that weird swirly thing with your tongue. As today's life pairing is wine touring with <laughs> wine. We're discussing wine with some wine and then some more wine. Ooh. Yeah, you need to. That's what we're doing. We're doing wine tours. Did you want us to do it with fucking gin? <laughs> As is tradition in... Uh... As is tradition. <laughs> We are not alone today. No, we're with uh, we're with some guests. We increased our bubble. Yes. Well, it's the same. It, we just you didn't know about it, yeah, listeners to the podcast. Yeah, you didn't know about it before. We were in the same bubble, but uh, we are here with the lovely Chantel Connolly. Hello. And uh, former guest Lena Newman. Hi, everyone. And we'd like to give a shout out uh, to our uh, our uh, driver who was driving us around and being amazing to us and shuttling us from place to place and dealing with our uh, Tina Turner horseshit that we wanted to play in the car. We really had a lot to enter. His name is Scott, and he works for Appraise Tour. And he's uh, not a sponsor, but just an all-around nice guy. And, uh, yeah, took care of us really, really nicely today and made it so that we, uh, you know, didn't embarrass ourselves. That is true. I think we held it all together. Yay! I felt like we held it all together. We're going to do a little twist today on the uh, the old format. Yeah. And we're going to talk about basically what we did for our wine tour. Yes. So, we're going to head to our special correspondent, Chantel Connolly. Who's going to... Special correspondent, Chantel Connolly. Lead us for the first day. Yes. What'd we do, Chantel? All right. So we started on Saturday and we went for a lovely breakfast, which turned out to be lunch, at the 19 Okanagan Grill and Bar. And so it's a restaurant attached to the Two Eagles Golf Course. A beautiful place. We sat on the patio. Very beautiful. Gorgeous. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. You can see the lake. Distanced. It was people there were lovely it was awesome and then we took a cab uber slash they don't have uber here so it was something different but (laughs) we uh, made it to the hatch winery and this is in west Kelowna. we should mention in canada by the way guys sorry we're doing a wine tour in canada in In the the okanagan in the okanagan (laughs) and the hatch was gorgeous huh Yes, it was lovely. I liked, it was just, it felt very casual there. I loved that all of the people serving us wine were wearing masks. And so, and they were, I feel like they really had it down to an art where they're, they're wearing their mask, they dropped it off, they stepped back, they had, um, everything was kind of in their paper cups. Yeah. That they set out for us. They also had masks that were with their labels on it, which yes. was super cute, and I definitely bought one. Yes. Yeah, and it had a really, like, young vibe, too, there. Like, I felt like the people that were there were, like, they're kind of young and hip, but incredibly knowledgeable. And the hatchet seems to be, like, a winery that's just started in the last, you know, it's not, like, an old, like, 100-year-old winery. It's, like, it's brand, brand new to, you know, winemakers. And the people that were there were just, like so nice and incredibly knowledgeable and like pretty chill yeah it felt like a microbrewery it did feel like a microbrewery yeah and so i think that was it was very friendly like the merchandise that they had like it was just a very it felt very casual the wine was good it was it was enjoyable i love the picnic table setup that they have and then 
we kind of did our tasting and then we went and bought a bottle and then went and sat there was a separate area where we could sit and enjoy a bottle of wine altogether. Yeah. the wine that we had i think was this is a pink bob which they're uh, i have to say their labels are the best yeah they do have the best the, the artwork on their labels is fantastic and that's seemingly um, a trend these days, but it's it's something that I like really enjoy because it's just like they're making the entire experience something to be something to remember. You know what I mean? And a little more fun, a little more fun, a little more young, yeah. young at heart. After the hatch, we had booked a time at Quail's Gate, and we knew that it was a ten minute walk from place to place. But we kind of, as we drove up to the hatch, we were like, "Oh God, we got to go back to the highway and walk on no <laughs> shoulder." There was no shoulder on the road, and it was a uh, plus. 45 degrees <laughs> yeah, it, was it was a bit intense and so but don't worry we took a wine to go yeah. yeah then we continued up to the road and i was like well this is awfully dangerous and so i realized we could step down and kind of walk beside the grapes for essentially like the whole block to get to quail's gate so that was that was really cool we were able to walk and i'm like and that's a thing that i think they should capitalize on i think there should be walking tours in between some of these wineries so that people can get from winery to winery and like 10 minute 15 minute max walking biking whatever it was literally life-saving but it was also it was sort of an experience too like if you want to if you want to think about it as like a happy accident we're like, oh, shoot, there's, like, a little trail right through the, the vines. And it was, like, it was there was something beautiful mm-hmm. about just, like, just tasting those vines and then walking through them. It, it felt like, you're like, oh, you're pretty close to the experience. It was cool. So we uh, go to Quail's Gate. We had an appointment. 2.45, we meet up with Herb. We're not sure that's his name, we're but we love him. But we're pretty sure. And he was great. Sure. But you want to know something? Great. You see a picture of this guy, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a Herb. He, he was awesome. He was great. Our tasting, and he just uh, he just really took care of us, and the wine was delicious. Yeah, and he gave us good knowledge. Some of the wines that we had, we didn't. We know a little bit about wine, but it's always a little bit. It's always a lot more enjoyable when they really go into the background of the story. And yeah, they were talking a lot about how their winery there was generally. I mean, obviously, wine in the Okanagan. Let me tell you a secret. It's about fifty-six. Well, I guess what 70 years old it's it's quite young um but he was talking about sort of how it was generally this area was much more orchard a lot more fruit right yeah he spoke a lot about um how like a lot of these places were peach orchards and apple orchards and stuff like that and and then they they really did dig up the trees and plant vines in there but that's reflective in the wine as well because because that uh, the soil remains something that that produced all that that sweet sweet fruit, so it's reflective in the wine as well. It was really interesting to hear about. We should we should mention actually right now for this portion of the podcast, uh, we are drinking at Quail's Gate. Oh, who yeah. wants to try to pronounce this one? Ooh, yeah, who should do it? I'm gonna say Chazelet. Okay. Pinot, Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc. I think Chazla. 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 Okay. Chazla Pinot Blanc. It's a very refreshing, very, we're, we're not a big white wine group. We are a little bit more rosé and reds, but this is a very nice, solid white wine. Uh, not too fruity, not too acidic Yo, speak for yourself. I love white wine. All right. Well, you're on your own. 
Yeah, I sp- I very much sp- I switched from reds to whites just because price point and <laughs> and and lightness and the ability for like to be able to pick like you can pick a Pinot Blanc or a Pinot Gris or anything like that. And it goes pretty quick. It goes pretty easily with a lot of things. Pretty easy to pair a white wine. Like whereas like reds are so bold and so heavy, it's it's like harder to it's harder to like get a great pair. I do not find that. I will eat anything. You know what's really good? Pringles red wine. Doesn't matter which kind. Of red. <laughs> You know what else is good? Uh, sleeping, red wine. Baths, red wine. Loneliness, red wine. Loneliness, red wine. Anger, loneliness. Pair it with red wine. Red. The reds make me horny. <laughs> they do. They get. They they jazz me up. I start thinking in in pure thought. You thought that was the gin, B. <laughs> Guys, it just might be anything. <laughs> yeah, Very any lonely. <laughs> yeah, any alcohol. So from Quail's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how we segue? I think it's just a just a cut and cut and drop. Um, I don't know if you can hear it in Chantel's voice, but she is a teacher and she is trying to oh keep us on task. Good grief! I forgot about Chantel's career when I said <laughs> <laughs> I said the last few things I said. Yeah. Anyway. And so we got a cab from Quail's Gate and we ordered it for Grizzly Winery. And we had the most <laughs> awkward cab ride of any of our lives, I think. It's not on part of the cab driver. It's on part of us not doing any research. Yeah. And that was on me, guys. That's on me. Kind of getting close. And, like, it was silent the whole way. And then all of a sudden, he's like... Yeah, he just goes, he's just like, Hey, why are you guys going to Grizzly? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> shouldn't we and he's like no the entire town has boycotted grizzly like the entire region and we were like why they're like uh the guy the guy went to jail for evading taxes (laughs) yeah there was uh here's a a cbc.ca website bc winery owners facing life in chinese prison for alleged smuggling and i think it was that they were smuggling out some of their wine at one price charging at another price and uh Guess what? Not a lot. And I got to tell you, like, the experience there, because we did go in because we were just like, oh, my God. Well, now we got to know what this is, right? It was truly, without trying, the most (laughs) COVID-friendly winery in the region because there was nobody there. And it was 4,000 square feet. The ceilings were 85 feet from the ground. (laughs) It was the largest building I've ever been in. It looked like they were housing a cult full-on convention center yeah yeah the guy sampling didn't know anything about wine or maybe just i don't know maybe he just he's a little downtrodden and yeah was not as enthusiastic that's a big thing we always say about when you go to a wine uh a vineyard or a winery the the greatest thing that comes out of it is the enthusiasm of the the employees and the wine and the love of that experience yeah there was no stories he was just like this is what this is how much do you want to pay and you were like what and then I went to find the bathroom, and it took me 48 minutes and 32 <laughs> seconds to get there, because that's how large the facility was. But also not a lot of actual normal wine. They have, so one thing that, I don't know if you know, but uh, ice wine is really big in the Okanagan region. I think they also do it out in Toronto area as well. But it's kind of like a fruity port. We were talking about this yesterday. I mean, it's a definitely an ap- after-dinner drink. It's very sugary. Very sugary. Very super super sugary. sugary. Yeah. Wine. Yeah. 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 Um, so it is one of the only things that Canada is. Th- I think they're the only ones that make it because our grapes get, you know, frozen. 
because you know Canada. Canada. <laughs> you know Canada. Yeah, they were they offered a white ice wine selection, and we were just like, oh no, thanks. And then he was like, I don't know, you want blueberry wine? Like, there was just such like there was like such a cold energy. You know what? It was the temperature in there was the temperature those grapes were. <laughs> Because they were just so cold to us. Yeah. So it was funny that we had, like, going in there. They were just like, why are you going there? And we got in there and we were like, oh, this is maybe the funniest thing that will happen to us this trip. <laughs> it, made, it made me want to go in there more. Once yeah. the cab driver was like, what are you thinking? And I was like, we need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> right away. We need to know what's going on. But also, no line. Yeah, and there was nobody there. The lovely thing about Grizzly Winery is that it was a five-minute walk to Black Swift Winery. The most beautiful view of our lives. The only downside is that we had to walk all the way down the hill and then all the way back up the hill to get to the winery. Not okay, wineries. Not okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't make drunk people walk up hills. Yeah, we get tired. But it was honestly, it was beautiful. The view was insane. It was stunning. I liked the the bird um, images. The bird, yeah. That was. Um, I found that to be a really nice experience. We were there kind of right at the end of the day, so I think kind of all of us were at the end of the day. So we were really casual, just kind of sipping and chatting the whole time. And the staff there was fantastic. They all had little birds on their shoulders oh, or yeah, like the in their hats. It's like yeah. just little it was it was, a, it was a really good like end to the day really good wine too yeah yeah they have a stegosaurus on one of their wines so that's the greatest thing in the world we all bought multiple cases <laughs> and then we all went to bed after watching the original Flintstones movie because if you need oh but we should mention Brittany made a very nice lasagna. Oh, yeah, I made a lasagna. Uh, it was my mother's recipe. She said, do this and don't blow it for everyone. And I tried my best. <laughs> what was the wine we had with it again? That was the Stegosaurus. Oh, yeah, oh and yeah. from, oh, yeah. But I don't know what it's called. But it's got Stegosauruses on it, so that's, <laughs> that's all we need. Uh, and you guys made a very nice, uh, Lena and Chantel made a nice Caesar salad. <laughs> it was almost a domestic over the Caesar salad. Our friendships are... <laughs> all on the line right now <laughs> we were just trying to mix it properly is all that was happening uh all right so then this morning that's right we're we're doing this live well on tour we are live on tour this is a live episode this is what happened lena <laughs> well thank you <laughs> so today we um yeah so we woke up actually feeling not terrible i think we drank we Made sure to keep hydrated, drinking water and some Gatorade and stuff. And we also ate pretty heavily, which is always important on a wine tour. Like, don't not eat. Just start eating and never stop and start water. Exactly. No, it'll really literally save your life. Yeah, Yeah, so today we woke up in pretty good spirits. We went, uh, we were picked up at 11. Apre. Scott, who um, I think Brittany mentioned earlier. Um, He was a great tour tour winery guide yeah recommend the whole yeah and we had the the whole bus to ourselves is air conditioned it was awesome scott was old and hot just like i like him oh yeah scott i hope you're listening (laughs) we were wearing um your guys's like podcast shirt so i hope i hope that he looks it up because yes no scott's the best he um he took real good care of us um so the first place he went he took us was um a little winery run by one guy named nagging doubt um 
It was super good. Yes, claps, claps all around. Just this one guy owns it. It's this tiny little winery. Um, so oh good. god, so good. He had a Chardonnay there that um, okay, all of us hate Chardonnay. Yeah. Like Chardonnay's like so gross. But um, yeah, no, he had a really great one. Yeah, very impressive. Really like. I I I spent a lot of time in Sonoma. Not a lot of time. I went for like three days last year. So I'm an expert, obviously. And my whole family hates Chardonnay. And we went through and that California really big. That's their thing. We tried all the Chardonnays. And just this tiny winery in this is East Kelowna had the best Chardonnay. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, it was also just like the guy. It was a like like Lena said. It was a one man operation. So it was really sort of wonderful to go in there and just like see like like drink this this guy who planted the vines and you know put them in the barrels and put them in the bottle like you know what i mean like he did everything and then he poured your wine and talked about it and he was he was so passionate about every bottle and and was truly like you know interested to hear what you had to say about it and and was really excited if you loved it and it just was like yeah it was just such a down home experience or something it was really genuine the whole thing yeah and i think we all liked so one of the big things of this this uh tour has been pinot noir is the big i would argue that's the big wine that we've been drinking a lot and uh, he had a really nice pinot and yes tons of it it's like all over here yeah and the funny thing about pinot noir is like i just like never really like up until like three or four years ago like it wasn't something that i ever drank and then i almost obsessively drank pinot noir for a long time and then this trip has been very pinot noir focused so much so that like an entire brewery based their like that's like almost all they grow is pinot noir grapes yes so I, I think one of the things that then maybe we should explain is, so in the Okanagan, um, there's a couple of different regions to the Okanagan, and they, where we are in Kelowna, which is a little bit more north, I mean, people might be surprised that they can grow wine here, and it's not just ice wine. Because uh, guess what? We don't live in igloos. And nobody that I know even drinks ice wine. <laughs> yeah. And we all hate ice wine. <laughs> yeah. But the more north you get, uh, a lot of, lot of white, because it doesn't get as hot. The f- closer you get down to the border, that's where you... And it is kind of a deserty area, area, so they you can do a lot more bold reds and stuff, but that's not the area that we're visiting currently. So Pinot is a little bit more popular up here for the reds. Right. Yeah, no, we've... Yeah, we've had a ton of Pinot, and it's been really, really good. So um, after nagging doubt, we went to sp- Spearhead... Yeah, that was the one I was talking about that had, like, all the Pinots, because they, they had the white Pinot Noir right. grape, which I had never heard in my yeah, life was yeah. a white Pinot Noir grape. They also had a rosé Pinot Noir. It was everything was Pinot Noir. Then we tried three separate Pinot Noirs that were from three, like, only one Pinot Noir was actually um, grown on the property, like the grapes were, and the others were kind of, like, all around Kelowna. One was in Summerland, the other was... Uh, West Kelowna. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it had three different locations. And but all same process. Grown at the same time, processed the same way. Just and ta- just tasted, like, very different just yeah. from the soil yeah. Yeah. Um, really cool. that they were planted in or whatever it came from. Um, so after Spearhead, oh no, and we had lunch there from uh, Urban, Fair. Urban Fair. It was very, very good. Yeah, no, that was really good. And they had a great uh, view and everything. Oh, we had the Pinot Grigio, I think. The 2018 Pinot, Pinot Gris. Pinot, Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris, yeah. sorry. Pinot Gris. Yeah. It was, it was, five yeah, do- really it was $5 off. 
Well, that's why that's why we bought it for lunch because we we're like, okay, we <laughs> we've spent seven million dollars on wine in the last twenty four hours. They said um, they would have their twenty nineteen out, but obviously, I guess wine also affected by COVID. Just in case you weren't sure about that part, so yeah, they are just they haven't had I guess time or yeah, so they're doing their twenty eighteen. Uh, still selling their 2018 and then their 2019. So, I mean, try their 2019 when it gets out. Um, so, uh, after Spearhead, we headed to Kitch. So, apparently, um, the guy at Kitch is known for Saks underwear. No, he made Saks underwear. Dragon's was that on Dragon's Den? I don't know. Kitch Winery, which was very, very good. We s- what what did we have? A bunch of white wines. Yeah. I didn't have any red. Yeah, all white. Some blends. Yeah, all white wines. Yo, but I will make fun of them live on air here. They s- they s- <laughs> they poured us whites in stemless glasses in 430 degree weather, and it's just like you obviously don't care that much about the taste of your wine if you're pouring them in stemless glasses in 300 degree heat. Like it, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a snob. You you might be. I'm just like, you, you'd think that they're so concerned about ball fucking heat <laughs> that they'd transfer over to their wine pouring. But it was, but that was, int- it was, it was white wine. They didn't have red wine. They had a rosé, but it was sold out. So I don't even know what, I mean, I, re- I bought a shirt. I obviously am going to get merch. Yeah. I mean, I bought a shirt too for. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it was very like the wine distribution was very rapid fire like i was barely finished the glass i had and he had already poured and told us the story about the other wine that we were about to drink i was like oh god chug it chug it but we did actually there was one that we really liked and it was called the bombshell or something a uh, block party i think the block the party you look like a shard yeah. to me it had like that shard like that almost that yellowy glow to it hashtag shard shocker yo <laughs> Cocaine bro is rubbing off on Carla with her shard shockers. <laughs> well, after the shard shocker, we headed to Vibrant Vines. Vibrant Vines. Woo! Which is actually a place that Brittany has done stand-up in, um, in the little speakeasy in the basement. She'd never actually seen the wine tour part, like the, the winery part, um, and none of us had ever been there before. So. No. And let me... T- that was really cool. And how did you, like... You know what? I really did... <laughs> I did really have, like, this little lame sauce, but I and I've drank wine since 11 a.m., so I'm going to get a little uh, um, emo on you. But you know what? I had, like, a really, like, nice... I, like, I had uh, an emotional reaction to it because, you know what? I, I always feel like when you do something in your life, like, you always, like, return to everything you do. So there's always, like, these moments where I'm just like, oh, my God, of course I'm returning to this in a new light. Like, I did it last year with uh, a very funny uh, person from Kelowna named Valina Taskoff, who runs a lot of comedy out here. And she put together this, like, fantastic comedy night in the speakeasy, which is the basement of Vibrant Vines. And I'd gone in there, and they, like, were so nice. And it was the family that owns the winery, like, invited all their closest friends to come and watch our comedy show. And, like, served us, you know, like, hand and foot. They were just like, they were just so like kind and lovely and we're like, are you guys happy? Can we get you anything? You know, and they were like giving us bubbly all night long and then we did the show and everybody was so gracious and it was so wonderful and I was just like, what a wonderful uh, family owned company and, and winery and cool thing and everybody's so close here 
and saw the art and just like the the vibe of the speakeasy and then to come back and then see it as like a tourist just coming in to do like a, a wine tour i just was like whoa this is so cool and to feel the exact same way about it from a totally different perspective i was just like cool great wine great people and then the art there was incredible oh yeah the art um i guess it was the owner's son who um is a painter i mean he's incredible and uh, they actually when you get there they give you these 3d glasses and because all the artworks and like it pops out it's like in 3d and it's really super cool really vibrant really colorful yeah very i would say spiritual based kind of thing it's like a lot of buffaloes and owls and and stuff a lot of like spirit stuff and it's just like i felt like the it wouldn't somebody like you know believes in their wine that much and believes in their family and their their the talent of the sun and stuff like you can feel it while you're there you're like this is a really cool experience and they also put all that art now on their wine yeah. so their wine bottles yes. are really cool looking if uh, if you do have a chance to pick them up um yeah i mean i'm just excited when somebody throws on a pink like lid to a thing and they have the, all this art and it's really really vibrant very cool yeah and like one of my favorite stories from that winery was they told us about their Sort of like, so they had this wine and they uh, were trying to get it all out and they slapped a label on it and were trying to get it into the stores. And what had happened was uh, the person doing the um, sealing the bottle label accidentally put a hundred labels on upside down and they didn't have time to fix it because they were just like, we got to get this out. Like we really have to deal with this. And they put it out and they, uh, they had a different name for it and they turned it, they called it whoops. Yeah, it was supposed to have a totally different name. A totally different name, yeah. And they submitted it to uh, a wine thing in competition, yeah, in in Europe somewhere. And they were like, where was it? In Europe. In Europe, yeah. And so they submitted it to the this wine competition. And the what had happened was they were only, if you were, they were su- submitting it for the bottle art. That was the category they were submitting to, but they accidentally submitted an entire case when they were just so supposed to submit a, an empty bottle. Yeah, and they set, submitted a full case of wine, and then the people there were like, oh, this is obviously for tasting. It's not even supposed to be for uh, the art category. So they submitted it for tasting, and it won the best wine in 2014. Yes. So in the world... So it was like, it was like, uh, Vibrant Vine seems to be this, like, sort of, like, happy accident over and over and over again. It was really nice to um, see the artwork, and just everyone was super friendly there. And I think you guys, Carl and Chantel, got away with a couple... Got some art pieces? A couple pieces of art. I have an owl. I bought a buffalo for Annie. <laughs> Annie's her daughter, not just a random stranger. Yeah, we don't. That she yeah, do we, that. Don't, we don't know child, another adult Annie. <laughs> Brittany, yes, ma'am. Do you have? Uh, is it psychologically good or bad to go on wine tours? Good. Woo! Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I uh, I dipped into the psychology of going on a, a wine tour. Here's the thing: it's an interesting thing to like. Is it good to go on a wine tour? But that that encompasses a lot of things. Like, it's great to go on a trip. It's great to get out of the city. It's great to be on the road that we drove here. We discussed last week how wonderful road trips are for you. So all those things are fantastic. And then you sort of start including like, you know, is being uh, we're learning new things. You know what I mean? We're learning. We're uh, experiencing the culture like if you're going to wineries in the okanagan 
they're really proud of their history and they're really proud of you know how hard they've all worked to create these wines and stuff so that's another thing is like you're experiencing the culture of the Okanagan another thing is we're with friends man you know it's a celebration like the the four of us try the best to hang out together as much as possible but it's always nice when we can get away just just the four of us everybody has significant others and children and lives and jobs and all of those things like trips are wonderful for you spreading spending time with friends are wonderful for you and then drinking wine specifically wine is that one of booze or alcohol or whatever that everybody finds like it's very good for your heart Oh, yes. The antioxidants of wine. Yeah, it's like, it's you know, there are antioxidants. It's high, you know, like fruits and stuff. It is really just a bunch of alcoholics being like, it's fine. There's grapes. We're good. It's good for you. Don't even bother eating grapes. Just drink a <laughs> bottle of wine. All that. What's the, what's all the water fuss about? So here are a few of the health benefits for red wine. Uh, like I said, heart. Good for the heart potentially could protect the heart there's a lot of antioxidants stuff like that can combat inflammation red wine is abundant in certain polyosiphenols Ooh, fancy word oh who knows if that's how you say it <laughs> it can sharpen your mind you guys i do feel smarter after i've been drinking oh my red wine i certainly have more to say after a couple of glasses of wine yeah i don't know if anybody else thinks i don't know how sharp it all is i i'm sure that can be argued uh the flavanols in wine may protect your body cells and support healthy blood ved, uh, vessels a key physiological benefit and can improve blood flow to the brain and prevent harm harmful plague or er, plaque from developing <laughs> red wine prevents plague Brandy and Carla said so. Uh, can promote longevity because it makes you roll. I'm like l trying to summarize. I'm like literally looking at this and being like, can promote longevity? <laughs> okay. Can, this is my favorite one. These, these are obviously just like lists I'm looking at, but it's just like, may improve mood. Oh, you don't say. After a <laughs> glass of wine and a hot bath, you're subject to not wanting to kill your entire family. May improve mood. <laughs> the next morning that is the problem yeah so i mean I, like those are some benefits of drinking red wine there's no need to get into the uh downsides uh, there's a cer certain thing it says well okay i better be unbiased here <laughs> cancer research uh, suggests that the less you drink the lower your risk of for cancer and advises you not to drink at all if you want to take a proactive approach to cancer prevention <laughs> But do you want to live that long without alcohol? Buzz Killington. <laughs> Jesus. Somebody's like, hey, just so you know, if you didn't drink it all, you wouldn't die ever. And you're like, okay, well, live your life. I don't think that's true. I think you just get old and you've lost and you had no fun. Yeah. I mean, it basically just says everything in moderation. So uh, wine trips, good for you, I would say. I feel like it's been good for us. And if it's good for me then it's good for you yeah we're the science people we are scientists and doctors <laughs> <laughs> not comedians and writers <laughs> well do you want to hear about another health benefit that we thought was really good back in the old history days yes what if i said no well we wouldn't have Fucking a bad. <laughs> 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 Lena wants to hear me. it. All right, what do you guys think of wine cocaine? Love it, like it. Ooh. 
<laughs> Are you going to whisper yell secrets at me? <laughs> uh, so when Europeans got to Peru back in the old days, they found coca leaves, which the Inca would chew on as a stimulant. And it seems like they quite liked it. Charles Kingsley's best-selling adventure novel. I'm just explaining cocaine to anyone that's, you know. Not familiar. <laughs> to the four-year-olds that, are li- that listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, he published this adventure novel in Westward Ho. Published in 1855, he wrote, Of cocaine, that miraculous herb which would make food unnecessary and enable their panting lungs to endure that keen mountain air. Now, also, I would like to put a caveat on that. If you've talked to someone on cocaine, they're super annoying. And it's way too much. They should eat some food. And you know what? Maybe go for a walk away from you. They got a lot of secrets about nothing. They're like, hey, can I talk to you behind the shed for a minute? And you're like, are you going to whisper, scream, yell at me? And they're like, yeah, it's about stuff that doesn't matter, but also vacuuming and ideas that aren't going to work. You into it? (laughs) They're like, no. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Cokehead. So for a while, they couldn't figure out, because they were these coca leaves, they couldn't figure, not cocoa. I'm looking at our teacher. Hey, teacher, how do you pronounce the the cocaine leaves? I've only read it in books. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Cocoa? Okay. All right. Thanks. For a while, they couldn't figure out how to get the, what we know now as cocaine, out of the leaves. So, Angelo Mariani, a Corsican chemist, found a way to market those leaves because, obviously, rich white people are not going to be chewing leaves. God. No, no, no. He figured out, basically, he just, like, threw the leaves in some Bordeaux wine, threw a little brandy in there, sweetened it, and in uh, 1863, he started selling it. A small glass, 100 milliliters, contained 21 milligrams of cocaine. Is that a lot? <laughs> I don't know. He's like, he's like, how are you feeling? You want to start a business? <laughs> and this begins the age of co- why the banks have too much money, because everyone is running on cocaine. Uh, it was called the Vintonic Mariani a la Coca de Peru, probably. Seamless. Or uh, Vine Mariani. It made him a multi-millionaire. No doubt. I knew if I, I have a couple of friends that benefited off of that drink as well. <laughs> oh, we have a question. We have a question. I'm just looking at the word for the cocaine, the cocoa. Yeah. That's coca. It is coca. C-O-C-A. That's the cocoa, but that's like Coca-Cola. That's uh, yeah, where it came from. Oh, spoilers. Calm it down over on oh, that side oh. of the table. Everyone shut, shut it, it down. Well, brand new information yeah, to the coca. world coming out. <laughs> so... Fans of the uh, basically cocaine wine, which Bordeaux's a nice wine, right? We didn't get to drink any of it, but it's a it's a heavy wine, and then you throw a little leaves in there of cocaine. <laughs> Apparently, American President Ulysses S. Grant was kind of a fan. Writers, a lot of writers. Emily, em, Emile Zola, Arthur Conan Doyle, Alexander Dumas, Robert Louis Stevenson. Also, inventor Thomas Edison. And local favorite of the podcast, Queen Victoria. Oh, yeah. Queen E was Ooh, girl. friggin' up to her nose <laughs> in a pile of cocaine. Also, a couple of popes. 
uh, Leo the Thirteenth, and later Pius the Tenth. Oh, of course, the Catholics are all all up, up the, into the cult. Can you just imagine a pope being They're like? Happens everything, Jesus. Children, well, okay. They're like, I'm hitting the ski slopes tomorrow. Are you in? They're like, not those ones. Uh, Leo the Thirteenth even awarded a Vatican gold medal to Mariani. And allowed, or at least did not forbid, his face to appear in advertisements for Vin Mariani. Production stopped uh, with uh, Angelo Mariani when he died in 1914. Also because legislation came out against cocaine. So basically putting cocaine into wine was a wee bit frowned upon by the world. Not, not, uh, Not able to sell that anymore. But one of his descendants in 2014 analyzed an original sample because they had thought that the recipe, the original recipe was lost and they recreated it, except for they made it with a decoconized coca leaf. So that's not, that's not real. A decoconized coconut? What, say that again, please. They just made not cocaine wine, which is the whole point of the wine. <laughs> Fun little fact, a side fact, uh, American Colonel John Pemberton made his own version, combining the Coke wine, I, that mine, my words, yeah. co- the Coke wine, with the African cola nuts, which is a source of caffeine, and once, and that was, that did very well, once Prohibition hit, though, they were like, nope, no wine in your cocaine and your Coke, caffeine part. So he took it out, and then he called it Coca-Cola. This guy. Oh, yeah, that was the spoiler alert. No wonder Santa's all into up and Coke. No wonder wonder that guy can shimmy up a chimney in a half a second. That fat motherfucker couldn't, got no agility. Little uh, other side fact. Albert uh, Neiman, I think, in uh, 1859, also found a way to isolate the coca leaves into cocaine uh but then later he went on to invent mustard gas which then likely killed him oh yeah mustard gas you know what kids this is a, a story of why we shouldn't do cocaine this is a or story mess with any plants <laughs> yeah put the plants down story all about how my life got twist turned coke side <laughs> upside down i like to take a minute just sit right here to tell you how i became the CEO of a business that didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta, is that your history? That is my history story. Do you have something a little more new? I've got something a little bit more new. All right, I'm going to bring it into the future here. Ooh. With some, like, here's the thing you should know about. History repeats itself in awful ways. People are just as dumb then as they were now. A California man arrested for guzzling wine... From the tank of a moving big rig. <laughs> I don't know how to... This guy... Look, if you saw this guy's face, you'd just be like... Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> this is this is the kind of heist you've only seen in the movies. A 39-year-old Californian man guzzled wine from a tank of a moving big rig truck. It's safe to say that he took a taste testing just a little too far. You can tell I'm reading this because I would never speak so hackily. <laughs> was he sure it wasn't gasoline? <laughs> How did he know it was wine? It was moving it. Well, hold on. We're going to find out. Button, oh, sorry. button your shorts here, ladies. Uh, California Highway Patrol in Modesto told CBC Sacramento that the suspect Gabriel Mon- Mornero jumped onto the, tr- the tanker truck 
carrying red wine unscrew that was carrying red wine he unscrewed the valve and began the d- the day drinking as the truck drove down highway 99 i like that they they tell you that he began the day like like he was on there all day yeah well it was like ooh the dash cam recording of Mondero's wild ride is so amazing you'll have to see it to believe it pulled his sedan to the side of the road and turned on its hazard lights directing the wine truck to the side of the highway when the driver pulled over thinking that he had had a mechanical arrow that's when Mondero swooped in only wearing underwear well it's red wine you don't want to get that on all your other clothes Mondero runs to the side of the big rig and hides out of view after the truck gets back on the road, he rides to the side of the tanker and gets underneath the truck. And as it hits the freeway speed, the driver realizes that he was losing tons of wine. I have a question. Is this like his gas tank? Is Does he have like a side wine tank on the side of it? Well, there's a poundage. Like there's got to be like, a, like truckers have like, you can tell how much the truck in the back weighs. There's like a scale. So if you're losing like um, stuff, fleet or whatever. Then you're, uh, you would be able to tell. You'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like he had a little tap. Yeah. As thousands of gallons of wine like flowed out from the truck, Mondero was still chugging on <laughs> the underneath, gulping as much in as he could. Also, just like, I can't imagine the PSA value, PSI value of the, <laughs> of what, like, the pressure was of the wine coming out. Yeah, how much is that's actually getting in his mouth? And also, like, if you're that... Like, you obviously have, like, a a bit of a problem, so you're not the healthiest person. How do you hang on to the bottom of a a truck? Yeah, how do you do? I mean, this guy might be our Superman. He might, hey, he might be our Superman. <laughs> so, yeah, he obviously I got busted. So, yeah, he is not well. He's in jail. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, that's better. You're like, yeah, that tracks. He now just has to drink toilet wine. Yeah. Yeah. Hooch. Hooch, we here at the Life Parents Podcast would like to tell you that not only did this occur after seven to eight hours of drinking, <laughs> it occurred the third day of seven to eight hours of consecutive drinking. <laughs> so this is a new feature in our podcast series called Live Episode, <laughs> where we just are having a party somewhere and we go, hey, break out all the microphones. <laughs> We're just like, hey, mm-hmm. pack an extra bag, baby. We're going to Kelowna. And then you invite us idiots along, and here you are. Here we are. It's a party. I have a couple very quickly, because we've kind of talked about wine. We could do, well, we probably in the future of uh, Life Bearings, we'll do a lot more podcasts on specific wines. But today we're just doing it on all wines. But I have a couple of interesting facts. The wreck of the Titanic holds the oldest wine cellar in the world. And despite the wreckage and the depths, the bottles are still intact. Whoa. Really? Like, they're still down there? Uh, like next trip. There? Yeah. We should go there next time. Yo, new wine tour idea. How do they know that they're intact? Oh, I guess people have gone down there. I guess James Cameron knows. I don't know. <laughs> also, since this is a female-led podcast, uh, since wine tasting is essentially wine smelling, which we did do a lot of smelling, uh, women tend to be better wine tasters because women, particularly of reproductive ages, have a better sense of smell than men. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, women are better th- than everything. We can smell if you can support a child from a mile away. 
Yeah. But also not very many uh, female sommeliers. So also my last fact, believe it or not, there are some people that have a, that fear wine. People fear wine? Yeah. Fear like it's a weird phobia? Yeah. yeah. I fear when my mother and all or my aunties drink wine because I get a little sassy. <laughs> and uh, it's called anophobia. I have analphobia as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's called, really? Well, it's so it's O E N O phobia. Anophobia. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you to our guests for uh, when we thank told so them 10 minutes ago that they had to. all right well with a large amount of nagging doubt we are uh to bid you adieu and say thank you so much for tuning in uh next week i swear to god we'll be more organized uh if not who cares just keep listening maybe a little sober a little more sober -er. And uh, we do this every week. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, share. You can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Um, the best thing you can do for us is like and sh- subscribe and share and all that business. And leave a little comment. Say, hey, we had fun, gal. And uh, and uh, follow us at Life Pairings Podcast on uh, Instagram. And if you have any ideas, uh, submit them to uh, Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys.